Hello and welcome to Let's Talk Period, the podcast for people who want all things real, raw and reputable where we smash taboos and break down stigmas. I'm your host Isabella Gosling and today's episode is with Demi Lynch, founder of none other than the Nasty Woman Club. The Nasty Woman Club is your go-to platform for all things intersectional feminism. It was founded in 2017 by Demi, a journalist, and she has curated an online community of over 20,000. She is a massive advocate for mental health, including depression and sexual wellness, sharing about both openly on her platform. She has also turned the Nasty Woman Club from a radio show into a podcast and an online news platform, and her podcast, aptly titled The Nasty Woman Club, is released each Tuesday. In this episode, we chat on Demi's experiences around periods and sexual wellness growing up and at school, what she wishes she learned at school around puberty and sex ed, the importance of speaking up about mental health and how she honours her needs when she's having a downtime, what pushed her to start the Nasty Woman Club and how it's grown and evolved since launching over four years ago, what's coming up for the Nasty Woman Club, plus so much more. Now, here's Demi. Demi, welcome to Let's Talk Period. I am absolutely so over the moon to have you on the pod and be chatting with you today. Thank you so much for having me on. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you. Woo. Okay, let's get into it. And I'm not sure if you listen to the pod, but Mm -hmm. the first question I ask everyone is all about nourishing their body. So can you share with the listeners what you've done to nourish your body today? Well, it's just after breakfast time. So I've had my breakfast, which, yes, I don't understand people that can't have breakfast because I'm the type of person, I plan my day around my meals. My meals are very important to me. So I have had my breakfast and I had some special K and some good nudie juice. So yeah, that I think I think that's pretty good. Yeah, oh, for sure. <laughs> and like, I'm completely the same. I'm one of the people that like, I feel nauseous if I don't eat. So like, same. have to eat breakfast every yes. day. Absolutely. Yes. My stomach will make like this crackling sound if I just like have my breakfast an hour late or something like that. So yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then I've got to take medication as well. So you can't take that on an empty stomach. So yeah, breakfast is so important. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Absolutely. Uh, The next thing is all about managing our health and whether you're living with a chronic condition or not, um, managing your health is important regardless. So there's lots of people, places, items, therapies, strategies, and just physical things that can help us to manage our health. I would love to know if there is something you'd recommend to the listeners that they could include in their health repertoire or toolkit when it comes to managing their health. Ooh, oh, there's just there's just lots of things. I think that firstly, I I think with exercising, exercising is always a thing that we're just like pushed into our brains. Like, you know, like, oh, you have to go to the gym. You have to do the certain thing in order to be healthy or to look a certain way and stuff like that. And I feel like just doing something that moves your body, that just makes you happy. And it can just be anything from like dancing in the kitchen to some music or going for a swim or even just stepping outside and doing a little bit of gardening. Like I feel like that that has definitely helped me just to feel sane pretty much. <laughs> it's just like getting outside. Like I've been doing swimming twice a week because I hate, 
hate summer. I hate sweat, cannot stand it. So, you know, being in the pool, it's just like a million times better because at least, you know, all the water's in, it's cooling me down. And yeah, so I think just like not feeling like you have to force yourself to the gym because we're told constantly, you know, we have to exercise. What is it, like 30 minutes a day or something like that? Like, I don't like that kind of stuff. Like, you know, like, do like, like if you feel like your body is needing, you know, to get outside a bit, just get outside. Don't just go to the gym because you feel like you have to. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And like you said, the gardening one is really good too because I think people don't really constitute that as exercise, but you are moving your body and it can get pretty like <laughs> intense um, uh-huh. pulling yes. weeds and stuff. But yeah, mm-hmm. or like housework as well, like that's moving your body as well. So mm-hmm. absolutely, yeah, just traditional gym. Yeah, exactly. Yes. And yes, housework is definitely exercise. The amount of times you're going up and down and you're vacuuming, mopping, if you if you like your mopping, even though I never do it, I'm shocking with it. But like, <laughs> yeah, I just I just feel like, yeah, it doesn't have to be so strict on what type of movement we kind of do. Just like do something, whatever makes makes you happy. Yeah, for sure. It's all about, mm. you know, loving what you're doing. Otherwise, you're just going to put it off and not want to do it anyway. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. So it's let's talk periods. So it would be remiss of us to not talk about periods. I would love if you could sort of share your experience around growing up, if you spoke openly about periods and, you know, if you had any period dramas or anything like that, as well as sort of your experience around sexual wellness at school and as a teen as well. Well, growing up with periods, I there was no surprise to it or anything like that. My mum was very, very good. She bought me, oh, what was it called? It was like a, I think it was Kaz Cook. I think those are the books, those big, massive ones. Yeah. She does like the period books, the Up the Duff books, that kind of stuff. So she bought me that and, yeah, she was very much just telling me early on before it happened that, yeah, you're going to get your period. No, you're not dying. No, your body's not broken. This is sadly normal. And, um, yeah, so I think I got my period. I was like 11, 12 years old. I got it pretty early. And I think the the experience I will always remember, though, about my first period is when you have to use tampon for the first time, that is triggering because you've never like, like, because, you know, you get told as a kid, you know, like, oh, don't shove a pencil up your nose. That doesn't belong there. Or, you know, don't shove things in your ear. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, you have to shove this random little thing up your vulva it's just like what this is this goes against everything i've been told my entire life stick things up anyway (laughs) (laughs) yes exactly yes so that was the experience my poor mother she had to like yeah poor thing she had to try and like help me like be like no you can't actually put a tampon up there it's okay won't get lost um but yeah so that was really good um the school i went to however they were just mm, it was a Catholic school, so you know what can you expect. And um, I just, I just remember going like having. It wasn't even really sex ed classes. It was more like you know an aspect of PE classes, and the girls and boys would always be separated, and you wouldn't dare use the word penis or vagina. You just the teachers would always just point to it and be like, "Oh, that thing, that thing there," <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, I always just, I, I remember I used to always be excited for those classes because I was just like, yes, I want more, I want more. But like, I would go to the classes and the teachers would know about as much about the body as I did. Like, I felt like I knew more from reading Girlfriend and Dolly magazine. That's for sure. Mm, oh, yeah. And like, I think 
um, we're like similar age. So I think girlfriend and Dolly played like a massive role in that education aspect because the schools didn't really offer that at all. And I know I used to like buy a Dolly all the time just so I could rip open the sealed section oh, and read yes. Dolly Doctor. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yes. No, yeah, girlfriend, Dolly magazines, like, yeah, you guys were the ones that really taught me everything about periods, about, like, you know, even from the colour of your periods, like what's normal, what's not normal, Um, what else, like about thrush, about just everything, literally everything, even things. Like, I could probably, like, read a Dolly magazine or girlfriend magazine now, although, oh, sadly, I, wait, Girlfriend doesn't exist. Does Dolly still exist now? They shut down now. as well. They like, did. I think it might have been last year or the year before. But yeah, like literally, you know, print media is dying. Mm. So that's just really sad. So that's like one for the archives. Like, yes, one for won't the know archives. Uh huh. Yeah, the glory of just ripping over the sealed section and trying to hide the sealed section piece in your bin. So and no one, not everyone knew that. Like, oh, she's just reading the sealed section. Mm. That's it. Mm. Yes. Yes. But yeah, so shout out to Dolly and Girlfriend. And yes, you have definitely helped me with my sexual education and everything about periods, that's for sure. Yeah, and I think the um, Kaz cookbook is, like, such an iconic thing. My mom mm-hmm. bought me one as well, and I was, like, mortified. <laughs> um, and I put it under, like, my bed because my bed was off the ground. So I popped it on my bed and, like, pretended like I never used it. But I would always, like, actually read it and be like, oh, wow, this is actually good. But I didn't want to really give my mom the credit of, like, <laughs> buying yes. me something useful. <laughs> <laughs> I was such the same back then because as a teenager I was the worst ever so sorry mom yes I was the worst <laughs> teenager ever so like yeah if she did something right I would be like oh no no not at all so yeah I would never give her credit even though like yeah it really helped me a lot <laughs> yes oh yeah um you know teen years but you know mm-hmm. thanks for the everything mom and yes, you know you. pushing through because look mm-hmm. you know I feel like we're my- both much better now <laughs> Yes, I feel like I'm much better now. I'm having less, like, ra- I'm raging less, which is nice. <laughs> less teen meltdown. Less teen meltdown. Oh, my God. Yes, I'd have, like, one every week, twice a week. That's for sure. Yes. And it'd be oh. always over by the most stupidest, smallest things in the world ever. Yeah. Oh, I would really love to touch on what you wish you actually did learn at school or any aspects that you would like to see change when it comes to sex ed and sexual wellness when it is being taught in school? Oh, two things come to mind. Firstly, consent. Consent was never even mentioned. Like, I don't even think that word was ever even part of my vocabulary in my early high school years. Like, I just wish that that was something that was taught not just to girls, but to boys as well. And I feel like what Chanel Contos is doing right now with pushing for consent education in schools is just incredible because I remember when I was in school back in the day, um, there was just none of that at all. I think the only conversation I had about consent was really with my mum, And I remember she actually got me to signed this piece of paper with this is when I was like in my preteen years she got me to sign a piece of paper to like swear that I won't do something for a guy just because he tells me that I should and she's just like you make sure you remember this when you get to these years okay right you sign this you promise you won't you won't do something that you don't want to do like you know you have to actually and yeah so I think that was really great like learn that's how I learned consent but like in schools there was just nothing about it And then I think the other thing definitely is just anything to do with periods. Like 
Oh, I just wish I just like I I do appreciate like you know they wanted to they want the girls to be comfortable talking about periods and like feel like it's a safe space. But I really really wish that we had combined classes talking about periods because for guys they were just so like ew periods oh they're so gross. And I remember in high school there was these group of stupid boys and they just plastered the school with pads because they were just like because they found a girl's pads and they were just like, oh my God, we're going to plaster the school with these because these are so gross, yuck. And it's just like, bitch, that's a week worth of stuff I could be using right that's now. That's expensive. That's expensive, <laughs> all right? They were still getting taxed then, okay? Like, they ain't free. So, yeah, I really wish we had, like, some combined classes to talk about periods, like, just so guys can be comfortable with periods as well. And I think that's really important, especially for the later years, like, you know, men men still i know men still have to navigate the world of periods like you know if they have a partner that's female or if they have a partner that does have a period like you know they have to be comfortable with it all right yeah yeah and i think there's such a huge knowledge gap in men because they don't identify as that as something is important that they need to know and then there's tiktoks that i've seen that like are funny but they're also really sad because partners are showing period products and like how do you use this or like what do you do with this and they've just got no idea and like we all know how to put condoms on because that's something Mm. we're taught Mm and they've got no idea about how to use period products or what they're actually used for like um I've seen one where men think the pad gets stuck directly onto your vulva oh my god stuck to your undies (laughs) oh I've seen the one where the woman puts a tampon in like a cup of water with red dye and she pulls it out and it like expands like as as um, we all know and expands and like trying to like pull it out this tiny little no, it wasn't a glass, it was a bottle. It was like a bottle of water and, like, you're trying to, like, pull it out and the guy's just like, what? How do you get it out? How, that's normal? It's just like, yeah, bitch, that's normal. That's what <laughs> That's what we have yeah. to do. Yes. Yeah, so I definitely agree. I think combining is, like, a great way to get rid of that knowledge gap and open that conversation for everybody because, uh, you like you said, they can really use that later down the line and it just creates more awareness and understanding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, another thing that you have been really open about online um, for people who don't know, Demi runs Nasty Woman Club. And so you really share openly about your experiences with mental health and depression in particular. I want to know why you think there's still so much shame and stigma around mental health conditions, even you know, 2022, why there's still that shame and stigma around? I think there's still that shame and stigma because I think people, people are happy to, you know, talk about mental health in general. People are happy to talk about, you know, like say certain days that are dedicated to um, say suicide or depression or particular mental health issues, but they still feel uncomfortable with the side effects of depression and with certain mental health issues. Like for me, I try to be very open about some certain side effects that I've experienced when I am in a deep, deep depression. So for example, I cannot for the life of me do dishes. Dishes are just my nightmare. So I end up having to like put the dishes in the dishwasher twice because I've just left them for so long. And 
I've just been really open with that because I feel like the side effects of depression, that's something that's not really spoken about. That's still a bit shunned. That's still a bit like, you know, oh, gross. No, like you left all those dishes on the side of the sink and they're just piling up. Oh, gross. And it's just like, well, you want depression to be spoken about, but you're not happy with the side effects. And yeah, so I've just, I've just tried to focus a lot on like the side effects that are my body's reaction to depression. So another example as well, um, last year I decided to shave all my hair off because I get incredibly bad, bad dandruff and because I have a really dry scalp and that really affects my self-confidence and the heat gets to me a lot. So I just thought, you know what, I'm just going to shave my head because what is the point of having this thing on top of my head that's just going to cause me more stress and affect my depression even more? And I shaved it off and it was just like the most like felt like a big weight off my shoulders, even though it literally was a big weight off my shoulders. <laughs> I, had re- I had really, really thick hair. And yeah, it was just, yeah. So I try to be really open about stuff like that, about like, yeah, not just generalizing depression and just talking about like the everyday side effects of it that goes up and down every single day. Yeah. What has the response been like to this? Because it's all well and good to share it, but then I know there's that layer of fear around what people might think or something like that so how has the community responded to this and has it been as you expected or what's it been like oh the reaction has been amazing like I get dms from people and they're sharing their experiences as well which is just beautiful so so beautiful to see and yeah sometimes I think like oh am I sharing too much or am I just am I being too negative like I feel like sometimes like oh if I'm in a depression state and I'm talking a lot about it like am I just being a too negative too much of a bad space on my platform but everyone seems to really love it everyone seems to love the honesty behind it and me not trying to be fake or anything like that so the response has been oh just just beautiful honestly yeah yeah well I think it allows that like humanness to it because just because you're a media platform doesn't mean there's not a person behind that platform who's running it who has thoughts and feelings and experiences as well so I am definitely very glad that you do share your experiences because it does make people feel less alone oh thank you that means a lot thank you of course um like you said when you are feeling a bit down those dishes just like get left and that is completely okay when I'm feeling really anxious and overwhelmed, I left, I just leave my washing to pile up. Like it's, it's the worst, oh, but yes. I like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I've got like, you know, a week's worth of washing or two weeks of washing to catch up on. So I'm with you there, <laughs> but yeah. how do you honor your needs when you are having a down week or that depression really is exacerbated in a certain time? Uh, there's a few things that I try to do. Um, It's a bit of a weird thing. I don't know why this seems to help me a lot. Like if I'm having a day and I am just feeling really down or my depressions really get to me, I try to sum up what I'm feeling in a word. I don't know why, but this just helps me a lot. Like I, I used to write it down, but now I just think it to myself and I think like, okay, if I'm just going to describe how I'm feeling in a word from this day, how would I be feeling? And some reason when I do that, it just seems to allow me to reflect without putting too much pressure on myself to be like, why am I feeling like this? And I don't know why it seems so simple, but it just seems to help. I just think of a word and just think like, all right, am I feeling tired today? Am I feeling frustrated? Is it more anger? And I think I do that also as well, because when I then identify what what the, the strongest feeling I'm experiencing is, then I could be like, okay, 
how can I not fix this feeling, but how can I like, you know, make it feel a little bit more better? So yeah. So if I say if I'm having a day and I'm feeling really down and unmotivated, I will just be honest on my platform and just say like, look guys, I'm not posting a lot of content today because I'm feeling shit. I'm not going to post content and then it's just half-assed and then a day later I'm just like, oh God, this stuff is crap. So I make sure I be really honest about that. And then I just like focus my day on just recuperating myself and just like getting the energy back so I can get my motivation back. Yeah. And I think that authenticity goes a long way as well, because it's so true. There's no point just putting content out for the sake of it, but it's really got to align with you. And Mm. when you're not in the right headspace, it just doesn't work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm. So the Nasty Woman Club, we've mentioned it a few times already, but it originally started as a radio show back in 2017, so a few years ago now. Oh, Lord, yes. (laughs) (laughs) And it was actually on super late at night slash early in the morning, so don't know how you did that, but props to you. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) How did that all come about? Like how did you get that opportunity and where did the idea come from? So originally what happened, I was doing some radio training at this community radio station for Triple Z. Shout out to them. I love them. And yeah, when I was doing training there, um, one of the teachers were just letting me know that they got some open spots for a radio show. And they said that, oh, but it is a um, early spot. It, is a two to, it was a 2 to 5 a.m. slot, so the graveyard shift. And it's like, oh, I don't know if that would be too much for you, like that on a Tuesday morning. And I'm just like, no, 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 no. This is amazing. This is awesome. I yes, am here I for will, this. <laughs> I will, I'm here for this. I will take it. And, yeah, I am so, so appreciative that I did that um, for those couple of years there. It was hard, very, very hard work because I pretty much had to – get a couple hours sleep and then put my alarm on for, I think it was midnight and then get to the studio and have a show pool planned out. And even though I probably only had like less than a handful of listeners, <laughs> uh, it was still just great. I think it just really made showed like how driven I was and, and yeah, originally with the show, I just wanted to be a pl- I want it to be a show that was just dedicated to female and non-binary artists. And from there, I just thought like, oh, you know what? The podcasting world is getting really big right now. How about I turn this into a podcast? And yeah, then from there, I thought, you know, how about I make this into a news platform? And because I just love talking about issues relating to intersectional feminism. And yeah, just went from there. Yeah. Yeah, that's so amazing. And I think it's really important to have that woman-founded media because it's generally not as common because there's still so many like male-centric platforms and Mm -hmm. we all know what that's like. Yeah. I think creating content that focuses on that intersectional feminism and non-binary views as well as the LGBTQIA community is just so important and can really contribute to creating real change. Yeah, I'm really, really happy that I started it and, yeah, it's just... It is just so great to see how um, how it's gotten to the point where it is right now. What were some of the biggest lessons you've sort of learned along the way from where you started to where you are now? Oh, gosh, biggest lessons I've learned. Um, oh, my God, don't 
<laughs> don't <laughs> don't spend all your time planning and not actually doing the thing. I'm obsessed with planning. I have a planner. Then I also got my iCal as my Google Calendar as well. And I love my highlighting. I love creating to do lists. I love my planning. I can spend hours doing my planning and. I feel like I've wasted it, not wasted. I feel like I've spent a lot, a lot of time doing the planning, but not actually just doing the thing. So I feel like that's definitely a lesson I've learned over the years. And I think as well as, um, what's the phrase? Um, a bit more than I can chew. Is that the phrase? Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. I think that's the phrase. Yeah, yeah. Like I keep thinking like, oh, I'm going to do all these things. But then I realized I'm just one person and it's not every day I'm going to have energy to do things or have time or have motivation. So I think definitely it's best to start off small and then slowly, gradually get bigger of what projects, what like side hustles and things you want to do. So I think that's definitely a lesson I've learned. Yeah. Yeah, because you're also managing this while working full time as well, aren't you? Yes, 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 yes. And it's just me, myself and I managing this, writing this, all that. So it's a lot, but I love it. I love it so much. Yeah, like wouldn't have it any other way. I guess Mm -hmm. when you find that passion, it's just that's what drives you. Absolutely. Yeah, it helps me get up in the morning, like literally helps me get up in the morning. because I'm just like, all right, it's 5 a.m. I should probably get up now and write, write some stories, content for the day before I go to work. So, yeah, it's I love it. Yeah. Can you tell us all about your favorite part of the Nasty Woman Club, whether that's like favorite type of content, favorite interactions or like favorite experiences, favorite parts? Mm. Oh, gosh, I think there's so many like I love being able to interview so many incredible people on the Nasty Woman Club podcast. That has been very, very exciting. Um Shout out to the podcast as well. Any of your listeners, make sure be sure to tune in. Um, yeah, just being able to interview just so many interesting people and even people that I wouldn't normally get the opportunity to speak to because they're on other side the other side of Australia or other sides of the world. So that has always been really great. And con- and also just content wise, I love it when I because I am a small platform, I don't have, you know, the reporters underneath me. I don't have researchers. It's just me. So when there are moments where I can break a story, that is very, very exciting because it's just such this beautiful rush of this beautiful adrenaline rush because it's just like, oh my God, I got to break this story before these big major platforms did with all their reporters and researchers and everyone be able to put together a story and stuff like that. It's just, it is a great feeling when I'm able to break a story when it's just me, myself and I. Oh, I can only imagine, like you said, that rush. I feel like that would be exactly like what it is, like that, oh, my gosh, I can't believe that I got to do this and that's Mm. just super cool. Um, Do you get, like, tips, I guess, or, like, um, people sending content for things as well or, like, do you just genuinely go out and find everything yourself or has the community sort of evolved to be like, hey, I think you should do a bit of, like, a look into this or what's going on here? Um, in the recent months, I have been receiving messages from people saying like, oh my God, I've noticed this, just thought I'd let you know about it. Um, and that's been really great, but it's it's very hard to try and keep up with my DMs. I, I'm really looking forward to a point where I can eventually get more people on my team because I do tend to get a bit behind with my messages. But um, but generally, generally speaking, though, like a 90, 90% of the time, it is 
pretty much just me wasting all my time on social media. Like, you know, the saved folder you can have on Instagram, that is just chock full of stuff, just save stuff, which can get a bit overwhelming because then it's just like, okay, oh, I've saved like five things I would love to write about, but I only have myself to write about these things in one day, which, which story am I going to write about? So that could get a bit overwhelming because it's only me deciding which one is worth publishing and which one is worth people wanting to know about. But, um, but it has been really nice. Yeah. Over the past, yeah. Past couple of months. Yeah. People have been sending in being like, Oh, I also noticed you've been having a bad day. I thought you'd want to check out the story. Cause it's really, it's a really good feel good story and stuff like that. So yeah, it's really nice to see a bit of a community forming with nasty woman club, which is just, oh, just so great to see. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I also love the little feel good video of the day that you put up on your stories Thank as you. well. I love that part too. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Uh, like, yeah, you got to put some use to all the hours you spend on TikTok. Hey, literally, oh. I, I spend too many hours on TikTok. So I'm just like, you know what? It's technically working because it's for content. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> I love that justification. That's great. What is coming up next for you and the Nasty Woman Club? What would you like to sort of see in the next sort of 12 months for you? Ooh, what would I like to see? I So I've started a new season of the Nasty Woman Club podcast, which I am really excited to be coming back into with 2022. And with the podcast, what I do, I bring a guest onto the show and we talk about the latest news stories of intersectional feminism just because I – I don't, I know, I don't know everything. And I love the idea of bringing a guest onto the show that is passionate about that topic and getting them to really like deep dive on a topic that they're really interested and passionate about. And, um, what's next? Well, I, I need to get my website updated. Oh my God. You, you, you yourself notice like getting, getting a website updated and like making sure it's all good to go and stuff like that. It's a lot of work. So I need to get that up and running properly again and just like stay committed to putting out consistent content on the website because yeah I really would love to create like yeah a proper website people can go come to every day and there's stories there and hopefully I can bring some contributors in as well so yes we'll see we'll see how we go uh that will actually be the coolest thing to have a place so you can go and read all the stories and just flesh it out further and the mm. podcast is so good as well like thank you. um I love the guests that you have on there and I'm a regular listener so thank you yeah um I'll pop all the links and such in the show notes for people to go check out but you do an incredible job and I can't wait to see how it all grows and transforms in the next 12 months for you oh thank you so much thank you I really would love to chat sort of to tail end this off is all about the pelvic health space and what you'd like to see change in that aspect. I know we briefly touched on what you'd like to sort of see change with regards to sex ed and sexual wellness in schools, but what you'd like to see change within the pelvic health space. I would like to see it get more taken seriously from a high level government standard. Like I want to see the government actually get committed to issues relating to pelvic health, like relating to periods with women's health, with just everything like that. I really would love to just see our politicians get involved and the higher ups like get really involved in creating change. Like it, it sucks that, you know, like small businesses and small organizations and like, you know, 
incredible podcasts like you, like, you know, you're doing the hard work and like creating important conversations about um, pelvic health. And it just would be amazing if we could get some people on the higher up, the politicians, get them involved. That would be great. Oh, wouldn't it, Justin? I think, Mm -hmm. you know, from there can come new policies and new funding and even more awareness and we can contribute to changing those conversations. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Definitely. Yeah. Is there anything else you'd like to share with the listeners today? Anything else? Um... I just, I just want to say I'm just really, really thankful of just coming onto the podcast today. Like, I've had a bit of a rough week, so just to know that, yeah, you wanted to, you know, spend your day chatting to me and, yeah, you think that your listeners would enjoy hearing me talk about my life, my depression, my mental health and my platform. It just, yeah, I really do appreciate it. No, of course. And I'm just so excited to have you on the podcast, genuinely. So... I'm so thankful for your time today, Demi, and thank you for coming on Let's Talk Period. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Let's Talk Period with Demi Lynch, founder of the Nasty Woman Club. If you want more from Demi and all things Nasty Woman Club, you can follow her on Instagram at the Nasty Woman Club. If you want to keep updated with all things Let's Talk Period, you can follow us over on Instagram at Let's Talk Period AU. Now, Let's Talk Period is an independent podcast, so if you did enjoy this episode and would like to support the show, I would love if you could follow if you're listening on Apple or Spotify, leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, or just leave a rating on Spotify. If you do want to help grow the Let's Talk Period community and you think someone you know would love this episode, you could share it with a friend or family member or even share that you're listening on your Instagram stories or grid. This just helps to build the Let's Talk Period community and makes more change for more people. Don't forget, we also have our Facebook group as well, Let's Talk Period Community, which is linked in the show notes. It's a place for people with endo, adeno, PCOS or chronic illness to connect get support and just be with people who get it so be sure to join if you haven't already anyway i will be back in your ears on monday with another solo episode let's talk period is produced for educational purposes and the information recommendations and topics talked about does not constitute medical advice or take into consideration your personal circumstances or medical history